The following episode of FOFOP is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. FOFOP advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Uh, guest Charlie, Lindsay Webb is here. Lindsay's back. Hello, Lindsay. Oh, my God. I'm so excited to be back, Will Anderson. <laughs> I hope that this is recording, by the way. Oh I'm God. just going to have a panic because oh I have, I have oh put geez. the recorder away. Oh, I from... see. We're 21 seconds it, in. Okay. It feels like it's recording. Are, you, are they both the microphones picking up their phone? Yeah, because it's on one track. Anyway, oh, yeah. Fine. It's been Good. accidentally changed to one track and oh. both of us are on that one track. But I've been told by Podcast Mike that that is fine. It's a good thing. Uh, well, I don't know if it's a good thing. But it doesn't seem to be like a worse thing and I don't know how to change it back. So therefore, it is a thing that is so happening. no reward, no debilitation. Again, I'm not it's even really sure. My slogan. It's my new slogan. <laughs> but I just assume that somebody else would complain to me and tell me if I was doing oh, something wrong. Oh, we'll hear about it. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes probably too late. That's the problem. I oh, hear yeah. about it three weeks later when somebody's finally getting the podcast and they're like, you know, your sound was really terrible and all the things you've done for the last three weeks have also been, been terrible. terrible because... Oh, well, thanks for the heads up. Yeah, shit. Great. <laughs> awesome. Where were you two and a half weeks ago? Uh, so uh, thanks for coming to do the show, Lindsay. It's nice, so nice to oh. see you. We haven't seen each other in uh, over a year. Well, yeah. a year. It's a, it's a year. It's is, a year because it, it was in Adelaide. Unusual for us. Adelaide this time last year. Yeah. Uh, uh, so it's very funny to be here in Adelaide because as people listening to this show know, I was not meant to be no, here. I was not expecting you. And I, I was not expecting to see you yet. So far I've done three shows and they've been three of the most fun shows I've ever done in my Great. entire life. Great. Because this is me back. I, ba- I basically had an entire year off and now I'm back mm. doing shows. And for fuck's sake, Lindsay, oh. like being back in front of audiences, how I did not realise how... Mm. much I was going to appreciate it and how much fun I was going to have and how much fun they would be having. You know, they're coming out to appreciate the fact and you see it. People message you. They're like, this is the first time I've been out properly in a year. It was so nice to be amongst other people having a good time. It has been just such a brilliant feeling to, to do the show and have people there, I will say. I can fully relate to everything that you're saying, and it was so nice when we got back to live crowds to see live crowds. And it, t- and it reminded me of the reason that I got into stand-up comedy. It's for the reaction of the people. It's addictive, that that noise, that energy, that thriving of a crowd going, we, we really wanted to see this. Well, I think much like it's anything so that's addictive, that, that right? sort of drug, is that if you do it a lot, you build up a tolerance. <laughs> well, you're quite right. And, and so suddenly we've had a year off and yeah. we've had a couple of light beers and we're like, like everyone, let's do karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> Crack on, K-Sand, please, mate. We're <laughs> up. <laughs> that's absolutely right, though. You're, you're, you're dead right. Because both of us are p- post-20 years of, of doing stand-up comedy, and you're quite right. You do get not dulled to it or numb to it, but complacent about the reason that you actually started doing stand-up. It gets all-consuming after a while. And you, it, it can become one of those things, particularly when you're doing long runs of shows, because mm. as I was saying to you, 
this is only I've just done three nights in a row and I haven't done three nights in a row for a very long time and it turns out that oh, I'm not as young as I was at the start of the pandemic and are you saying you haven't been doing your stretches when you're getting ready for a run fuck it hell I've missed the pre-season it turns out like I nearly got a stitch halfway through the show last night every day at the gym Anderson Anderson <laughs> No, not here? Okay. I forgot how unmatched fit I would feel. Like I've been in yeah. doing the shows I've been engaging with in a really positive way because I haven't done it for a while. There is, you're looking at it's it through exciting. new eyes and, and that's really exciting. But in a physical sense, my oh. body is just oh. like, oh, by now at night, you're normally just watching Netflix. Right? Yeah. Are you still watching? <laughs> I'm not even. <laughs> Have you have you ever heard that term gig fit? You know when people say, "Oh, he's gig fit." Yeah, sure. Minute? Yes. I think that's encompassing of all those things. Like, you know, are you ready to do a long run of shows? Have you got the fitness to do every night with the same energy? Have I've you, always have you traditionally thought of that as being like a mentally thing. Like, as in, are you sharp yeah. with your jokes and yeah, they I'd... sharp mentally? But I, I think this break has shown <laughs> me it's that not just mental. There's also a physical yeah. component to it. Yeah, there really is. Like, you know, you don't think you're doing anything when you're standing on stage, but there is a lot of physical movement. I've got one of those pushy Apple watches that tells me what to do. When you look back at the stats of while you're on stage, your movement and heart rate is actually very active. Like there's a there's a high level of output from your body that you, I don't even feel like I'm doing when I'm on stage. That's very interesting to me. So uh, you're at a very different stage though, and this is what I wanted to talk to you about because you're drinking a beer, I'm drinking... The, the worst, worst coffee, coffee that I've ever had in my entire life, but I'm persisting <laughs> with it. I'm, I'm impressed with your well, persistence. It has a medicinal aspect to it as well, which is that I needed a coffee. You, you want the caffeine out of it. But the rest it of it is, surrounds honestly, it. I messaged you as you were coming over and said, do you want a coffee? And you were like, no, 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 I'm on the beers today. And once I tasted the coffee, I was like, that is the smartest decision Lindsay's ever made in his entire life. So it's fucking disgusting. Disgusting. I could and have also been sitting here having shit coffee. You could have, but it's only me, and I'm, I'm almost at the bottom you of it. <laughs> I've had a well real done. crack. <laughs> well I mean, done. if this was you and how slow you drink your coffee, <laughs> you'd never get through it anyway. So Not in an episode. Okay, so anyway, you're having a beer, and the reason that you're having a beer is why? It's a very simple reason. I am 71 days into my current tour. 71 days in. Yeah. See, that feels to me like you're from the future because... I've, I've done 150 plus shows. 150 shows in the last plus. 70 days. Yeah. Through Perth and Adelaide. I've done three nights in a row and I need to go to hospital. <laughs> I've, I've not had a day off since lockdown in Perth. I've worked every single night. And for the only reason is we did not work the nights last year. It was a really simple decision for me. Do I get back out there and do as much as I can, as quick as I can? And, you know, you know me. I'm at a, I'm at a decent level with my stand-up. I'm having fun with my shows, but I need to do them. Uh, it, it is my passion. Like, it really is my passion. And this has shown me more than ever the gumption that I've had to just go every day, just turn up for shows. The people are so glad that there is comedy on, and I'm so glad to be standing on the stage to see all of that joy. It's been a really, really humbling experience. Okay, so take us back to the first gig then. So the first gig back. Where, where was the first gig back? Was actually, I can tell you exactly when because it's, it's part of my show. So I've got it chronologically beautiful. It's July 12 at the Sit Down Comedy Club. That's July my 12th. So you see, that to me, but of course, right? Queensland. Yeah, we, 
Queensland. We, we did not do well with the COVID. corona stats. We are very low. <laughs> very low. Co- Melbourne once again has whooped our ass. <laughs> Queensland <laughs> are currently on COVID thirteen. COVID nineteen hasn't got anywhere near didn't fucking do the Queensland. Update. <laughs> Still waiting for some virus fixes. It's um it's a really amazing place. Like we, we had three thousand, mm. you know, don't quote me on this, but roughly three thousand total in you know, since corona started to now and six deaths. Like, it's a really, really low number. The effect on us as citizens of Queensland to Corona was we can't go into state. You know, we had most things back from July and so did South Australia and Western Australia and, like, different states did so well. And, and, and other states, I'm not saying they didn't do well, they were so unfortunate with how things transpired. And well, oh, other like, states had a bit more of a universal experience, whereas right. there were states in Australia that genuinely just were incredibly oh, lucky mate. and incredibly well managed in a whole, whole lot of ways as well. Yeah, but, but no one's got any experience in that. So I think the luck thing that you say mm. is absolutely right. Like who's ever trialled for a pandemic before to right. get things organised? Some of it's got to be luck. Right? It has to be. And, you know, do you think this about Melbourne? Like Melbourne really had a, a horribly rough trot with lockdowns, you know, the second lockdown and so much time in quarantine, which – doesn't help the psyche of people that live in Melbourne. No. But do you think that's because it's so heavily populated in the CBD? Is that how things just spread? Like, it's got to be the most populated CBD living area in Australia. Like, I feel like that's true. I, I don't know the stats, but I've been to all of the CBDs. You know, I think it is. Not it as many be. people seem to live in Sydney. Well, it doesn't have that same concentration of the CBD. And in huge. Melbourne, the CBD is the geographical but also yeah. the social heart of the city. Absolutely. Whereas in Sydney... The CBD is like over near the eastern suburbs, Absol- and the actual heart of right. Sydney is like Parramatta and the For sure. you know the western suburbs. That's yeah. where most of the people yeah. actually live. So, do you think that had an impact on the way Melbourne's numbers went? Like, I, lo- I know nay- naysayers want to take the piss out of Melbourne, and go, "Oh, you fucked it up," but I think it's elements of it's colder. It's a colder climate. You're in more confines. It's totally stacked up for population i think like all these things they've clearly all been a series of factors right right? and it's whether you have four or five of those factors at the same time come together for there to be an outbreak so firstly you have to have somebody contract it and then it has to be somebody who perhaps visited a lot of places or worked in another business you you always need a super spreader spreader. (laughs) like if if your person who gets it just fucks off home and smokes cones, lives oh, in Queensland, not there was probably like 19 of them who got it, but they all just went home, had bucket bombs, where, where didn't did run he, into anyone else, where, called, called where Uber Eats. Sat around the fire pit outside yeah. and had a couple of Carlton's. It's some Bundy. It's a fucking Bundy, mate. Which probably and kills it. Smoke some fucking cones. Yeah, fix me right up. <laughs> It's a, it's a, it's been such a bizarre year for you know I love how people there's so many experts and I'm using mm. air quotes when I say experts on Corona, and you know what I did I just did what I thought made sense mm-hmm. like they said wear a mask and stay 1.5 and use some sanitizer I went you know what I can do those things I don't I don't feel like that's impeaching on my freedom as a human being and it might get me back to live crowds quicker. Like I've come full circle on hand sanitizer right. because I used to have a stand-up routine about <laughs> how hand sanitizer was the biggest con in the history of fucking cons, <laughs> which is kind of still true. Like soap is much more effective, but hand sanitizer is you know, much easier. And I have become one of those people. I've gone from some person who never used hand sanitizer at all. No, I'd certainly never used it. Through that. a period of time where I was using it so much that my hands weren't used 
used to it and they started bleeding at the knuckles. Stop it. And so, yeah. What? So, like, when I would, like, clench my <laughs> fist, my knuckles would bleed. Just Is that because from thinning your skin? With thinning the, the skin. Stop it. And so people would see me with my bleeding knuckles and rather than admit that it was like an allergic reaction to hand sanitizer or whatever. I would like just vaguely hint that I was oh. in a fight club. Not allowed to talk about Not it. Not allowed to talk about <laughs> it. First rule. Wouldn't say anything else though. Just <laughs> Wow, that's yeah. a that's a full on effect, isn't but it? But now I, I, I'm used to it and now anytime I'm in a shop still right. anytime I go into a on. business, like anytime I walk into the foyer of anything, I'm big on the hand type? sanitizer. Do you have a favorite type of the sanitizers? Because there's so many types. Well there's the thick sticky gel. I can tell you my, pump yes. it out too fast. I can tell you the yeah, the two least favourites. Okay. A thick sticky gel. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Ding. Anything is <laughs> when that, that immediate Ooh. moment where it comes out too thick, like, and you're like, oh, is this? When you have that panic moment of you thinking, have I gone to the soap dispenser rather than the <laughs> the sanitizer dispenser? I'd better either be having a yeah. ultrasound or a wank. Have, like, yeah, <laughs> have I stuck my hands into a hand sanitizer or a glory hole? Because what has just happened to my hands? <laughs> it's, and it won't go away. No. Feverishly you can't wipe it on your pants. Feverishly That's really. It doesn't look just good. It does not. Especially on the way to stage. Just no. A, just, just a nice smear down from the left crutch So area. the thick or the super industrial to the point where it's like liquid turpentine or something what on your hands. What is that one? Like it just sprays one out like that an is octopus's like ink. And just, Agent Orange just or something. Goes everywhere. And it just comes out. I like the spray one. I like the, you know, motion sensor spray. Oh, yeah. Psh- Oh, it's lovely. It's like, you know, it's like doing a mouth fresh, but for your hands. And are you talking about okay. the one that's kind of like sleek design, kind oh, of square yeah. well, looking? it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't I've seen matter. all sorts of different types. Because there is one particular model that I've seen rocking around Sexy a lot, a which is like you sort of, <laughs> they got Johnny Ive from Apple in to design it. And every time I see it, I'm like, yeah, I, I am going to get my hand sanitized here. Launched it in September, came out in October. It's just there's something yeah. about her. I'm like, this one is really sleek. <laughs> Yes, I'm willing to pay two thousand dollars more. Yeah. Of course, yeah. I will. How much are the refills? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. Um, so, okay, so yeah, the super industrial one. There's some where you're just like, and I do quite like a homemade one, even though I'm sure that they're probably not right, not right. But yeah. these days, in particular, I'm quite happy with the Can I ask homemade. Ask you a question. Yeah. How is it that all of them are capable of killing ninety nine point nine percent of germs? Like, well, shouldn't some of them be like 99.7, 99.? How are they all? Is that just a disclaimer saying we can't get rid of all the germs? Is that all that means? Uh, partly that's what it means, yes. I thought, you, it, I thought you'd know the answer to this question. They, I do. Because <laughs> so, they can't get rid of all the, right. the germs. So that's part of it, right? But the other part of it is that it's that, that percentage of the germs are the fuckers that none of them can kill. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> as in, it's pretty that's, easy. That's the actual germ it's you want to kill. It's pretty easy to kill like one. 99% of germs are fucking push <laughs> <laughs> 1% though. Like, oh. Vegemite can probably claim it kills 99% of germs. <laughs> is that, yeah, right. Yeah. Is that, is that the There's only a small percentage of germs that you really right. need to take care of. Almost Every sanitizing yeah. product that's advertised says 99.9% of germs killed yes. or whatever. But also, I mean, yes, look, you would have to 
be able to like germs are slippery little buggers it turns out <laughs> and so, how, many, how many germs have you held you've got to have, i mean we're fucking heaps right now they're all over right? me we can't see them because they're such slippery little fuckers that stuff creeps me out about little bugs that live on your skin and there's thousands of them stop it no don't all talk. over no, you no, no, like no, a third no. of you is basically bacteria just no. fucking rolling around at any given time yeah but they're all getting along yeah, no, they are <laughs> They are all getting along. That's I just don't want to make it awkward for them. No, 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 no. no. Oh, yeah, put them off. Hang on. I think he's talking about us. <laughs> Armpits, do your job. Oh. <laughs> Big sweaty, just like that, just under your arm. It's your body fighting back. Don't talk shit to us. Suddenly your guts are rumbling. It's like, yeah. How do you feel about bacteria now, mate? <laughs> They're formed in your cult. <laughs> As your cult leader, it's, it's ridiculous. You still got that coffee? This this could be the time you actually take as long as I do to drink coffee. Yeah, all the, the coffee needs to be is completely undrinkable for me to finally slow down to the level you drink actually delicious coffee. I don't at. know why I do that. I just I just like to sip at it. It's you know, good. It's actually a good. Is thing. it? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Thanks. Because otherwise, like time. You, you meant to. Well, firstly, it should be savoured because you right. drink milk coffee like I do. Yeah. It's not meant to be like an espresso or something where you just uh, that's right. Clearly, just yeah. Slam no, it it's actually meant to be something that you savor right. and I drink it like, like you yeah, normally too quickly. I feel like you're often in a hurry to get that caffeine out of that cup. I think that's what the... That's like a you, big part of it. Absolutely. Yeah, like, seriously, and that's not a judgment. That's an observation. I think you're like, I'll get all this caffeine now. Yeah. <laughs> I need a bit of caffeine so I can appreciate the taste. <laughs> Unfortunately, by then the coffee's gone, so I have to get another coffee. Oh. Get another one. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have this one slightly slower. And the good news is if you have three or four early, oh. you can't stop having them for the rest of the day or you're going to have a breakdown. By nine or ten, you're getting the full flavour. Because <laughs> <laughs> when I have that final coffee at 11.30 at night, what? I really can appreciate the full taste sensation. You'd have two or three coffees in a, in a full day, right? Two or three coffees? In a day? Easy. 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 Yeah. Yeah, I'd have six. In a, in a busy day, you'd have five or six, right? Or every day. Every day. Have you upped your coffee game? Every day, I think I have at least. I, okay. Every day, four or five. Yeah, okay. On a busy day, I will often have six, seven, eight. Right. But that's a long stretch of hours. We're yes. not talking like a busy day between eight and four. Like, that's a no, long stretch I've, of a day. I've been known to knock back five by nine. Oh, yeah, and don't get me wrong, I'm, you know you know, me. you know my Dolly Parton song. <laughs> Not back five by nine, what a way to make a living. <laughs> what a way to drink your coffee. I'm, I'm a huge coffee fan, and it's so much so that I have a lovely coffee machine in my house because yeah. I want to have nice coffee, and I'm not close to a nice coffee shop. So took the next best step, spent decent money on a coffee machine, and I normally have, I'd normally have four in a day easy. Yeah. So two in the morning... One at lunchtime, one in the afternoon when Kim gets home from work, have a coffee, and then, you know, I get ready for work. During lockdown, I'd walk past that machine and be like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> I go, I'll just pop you on, Chella. And I just found myself probably having five or six coffees yeah. throughout the day, but with less milk. I started to feel guilty yeah. about the milk. Yeah, I've that done, I was I've putting done in that. The coffee. So instead of like foaming up mm. the milk and the steamer and putting it in the top, I'm like, just, I'll just pop a dash in this one because I've. I've had four coffees already. <laughs> <laughs> and I've come to learn that I, I don't mind the, you know, double shot with just a bit of cold milk straight on the top of it. It's 
quite a nice brew. I quite. I think my coffee tastes have got stronger, no doubt, and that's oh. from making right. coffee at home. That's exactly. So right. yeah. quite often, like my days of my twenties when I was out at, at nightclubs, you know, I was. <laughs> yeah. I, some people had the approach of like you take half, then you take the other half. Can I had the approach of like let's just. <laughs> Just start with two and see what happens. Remember that time you accidentally had six? All and then, so anyway, so I... Grab my beer. You're, you're going to grab your talking. beer. <laughs> Lindsay's going to grab his beer. And so anyway, when it comes to coffee in the morning, sometimes if I do feel like I need that caffeine burst, I will, you know, sort of double strength my first coffee. And then, but then I've set an unhealthy agenda for the rest of the day, basically. How, how do you back that up for the rest of the day? Well... Then you just have to chase the dragon. What? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that, I think that's exactly what I'm saying about lockdown. Yeah. I was like, oh, that was good coffee. Two hours later, oh, I really wouldn't mind one of those good coffees. I mean, the days were also very long during lockdown. They really so. were. You know, for me, I've got young children and I generally used to work late at night during the lockdown. So I wasn't able to go to bed at 8 or 9 o'clock or 9.30 or 10 o'clock. I'd sit up and just research and try and learn and do different mm. stuff. And that's why Lindsay would uh, like to talk to us about QAnon, guys. <laughs> no. Some really oh, sensible God. ideas. Wow. <laughs> Have they had a single sensible idea? <laughs> Look, they haven't had a good run lately. No. Some of their major no, predictions no. haven't they paid off quite a good run. I mean, it's tough. This is the toughest thing about being in one of those sort of cults is once you start naming dates, you're always oh, in yeah. fucking trouble. Oh, yeah. Like, you've got to keep shit as vague as you possibly can for as long as you possibly can. Because the minute you say, hey, watch out on blah, blah, blah date, shit's going to go down and it doesn't, you lose a lot of credibility. I think even Nostradamus only went down to the season and not like the day of a month, did he? Yeah, Nostradamus, he was totally vague. (laughs) He was giving you some, he's like, it's a thing about a... filters. Yeah. You ever (laughs) seen a boat and a brick? Or a brick and a boat? What? Yeah. Yeah, we did see that. August. <laughs> that was that was one of, one of his most famous ones. <laughs> yeah, the more specific the prediction, the more fucked you are when it doesn't come off. No, you've just got to keep it open to all possible interpretation. Like if you say April and it happens in May, people are like, oh, it's pretty close. I would if, if I was the fifth and it happens on the thirtieth. You fucked it. You've just got to do. There was one with Trump where they thought he was doing a bit of a shout out to QAnon because apparently, and I can't remember if this is the exact number, by the way, but apparently, like the number 16 is important or whatever, right? right? So, some specific. So, he had 16 flags in this particular picture of him, and everyone thought that was him sending a sign to QAnon. Mm. Now, it could have been, but it could have also been a massive coincidence. It it could go in the book of coincidences. I think what you've got to do. Which we're both writing as a a coincidence. I <laughs> know the coincidence, but <laughs> so, so Trump, what you've got to do is basically put a whole bunch of things in your right. shot. Like yeah. you just go, let's have sixteen flags. Yeah, let's have like five. Just make really distinct choices about things. Everything that's and there. then let number people, of trees, yeah. number of cars, all that. Right, stuff. and then yeah. you just let people read Work shit it out into themselves. it. Yeah, exactly. Fucking hell. I think, do you think people spend too much time overthinking things now? Like that. Like, you know, mm. was that just a scene where he actually wasn't? It was none of it was contrived to start with, and, and this is what we dissect from it? I mean, here's, I think it's fun. Like, there's part of our human brain that is. Um, I like the game of the math. You're right. 
to problem solving. Yeah, that is right. Fun. Yeah, we like to recognize patterns. It's probably yeah. an evolutionary thing. I imagine you know the the ability to recognize patterns is you know what gives us the opportunity to you know change our circumstances oh, and evolve right. and survive like and all those it's sort of dry things. for four months and then it rains for three months. Right. Yeah, we need to know the, these yeah. things. So yeah. there is part of us that is attuned to it but also you know we play a lot of games as children how we learn is through playing games it's true. this idea that i know you know often with a movie i like or like a you know comic book series or something like that mm-hmm. i will have deeper information about it what's really going on here so you I'll delve like, more into right so i think that this it. gamification of our society where people are playing gamification oh, oh, oh it's new this is new to me making uh, into a game because a right. lot of what's happening online is right. very similar to what happens in online oh, role player computer sure. games and worlds and well, things like that. Well, they even have those realistic online, like what was that second universe or second life? Second or something? life. Remember that thing? Is that still a thing? I don't know. No, but it well, was, I it, was have, a, it was a I popular would, thing would not for have a known fleeting then. moment. No, me neither. Did you ever have a second life? No, but I remember talking to comedians. You had a second family, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, they sit between the third and the fourth. <laughs> they had a, they had a tough, <laughs> tough run in COVID. Do you, know, do you know how hard it is just having one family? Yeah. <laughs> do you know, I would be a shell of a human if I had more. That than is one always family. the thing when you find out that somebody's got two families like, that how? you're just like. In some ways, clearly was doing nothing for either of them. I was going to say, <laughs> in some ways, this is terrible, and like clearly, you know, right. But in other ways, can you tell us your secrets? <laughs> because right. I barely survive with no family. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay's <laughs> telling me one's quite you, hard. You know exactly so, what I'm saying, right? And you've two, gone with two. Two's over here going. Oh yeah, I got this. I mean, I've got. <laughs> I mean, I don't even feel like just I've got run this. us through how you got my, away with it for yeah. so long. That's all we want to know. You know, I. I I think I can talk about this. I had the chef that were, you remember I've talked about Crazy's Comedy Restaurant in the in the years when I was starting as a as a young actor. I worked uh-huh. at a theatre restaurant in Brisbane. Yes. The chef there was is it called polyamorous? No, what's it called when you're married to two people? It's uh, polygamous. Thank you, thank you, nailed it. Well done, thank you. Uh, but I also think that polyamorous is probably you know. Oh, I think that means more than one partner, doesn't it? But yeah. this was this was he literally married mm. two ladies. Hadn't though, because that's not legal. No, but. Theoretically, yeah. through appropriation of however he made that look real, yeah. it happened. But but it didn't. He it's named not a the look. kids the same names. <laughs> Hang on, what? Yeah. How many of them? Four. Two kids on both families. And yeah. Named the kids the same names. Interesting. You Amazing. Know, George Foreman, the, the boxer, guy with the grill. Yeah, the, the grill guy. Also boxed before he was before he grilled was he things. A boxer? Yeah, his previous life. You may know him from his grilling, but also before he was well known in the world of grills, he was also a boxer. The guy with the slightly off-level grill. Little bit of little bit of slightly off-level before he before he revolutionised grilling by slightly tilting it. That's all he did. That's all he's done. Well, you know, he's a boxer. And <laughs> he named all his children, I believe, George Foreman. I believe all his children are called George Foreman, and he's got like eight kids, and they're all called George Foreman. How many juniors do you get to down there? Are you junior, 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 junior? Or is it is one junior the maximum junior? Well, but hang on. So if... <laughs> yeah, because... Well, that's the thing, right? No, because isn't like junior doesn't... Junior means a different generation, right? So... They're all going to be George Foreman Juniors. It's not like the oh, next one's going to be all George exactly Foreman Junior Junior because that means that's George Junior's. Foreman Junior's 
Junior. Son or daughter. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> I seen you. Yeah. What you done there? <laughs> <laughs> That's good to see you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so your first gig, like you were telling no me. Your first gig was at the, uh, at sit, the sit Down, down Comedy, Comedy Club, Club in, um, so, and, and, in Queensland. And it was, of course, I was excited, yeah. I was happy. Now, for me, I was fortunate that I still had a bit of artistic expression through the lockdown. I still mm. had those Nova podcasts going on, the Quizzical Kids and Quizzical Pod, and I was recording them like this, two or three sessions a week for an hour or so. So I had interaction with producers, and I was still doing something, right? But when I went back on stage, I was like, oh, my God, how does this even work? And it was it was difficult because the COVID restrictions of numbers in the club, you know the sit-down, it's, you know... Upwards, of, close to 300 is full capacity. Mm. Their COVID restriction when they first reopened was 44 or something people. It's like doing a gig to a mob of lost sheep. You know, like these sheep, ah, you hear them. Ah, ah, ah. Like <laughs> it was really weird. Like it was a weird, it made you feel like, and not, I'm not taking anything away from anyone here, but you know when you started out in open mic rooms that the crowds just weren't having all that much fun, there wasn't much reaction from the room, no one knew who you are. It felt like that. It was like, oh, I really, what I've come here for is that little bit of recognition for the fact that my jokes are good and I feel like you guys are just happy that you're not at your house. So I'm not glad to hear that for you, but I am glad to hear that for me because right. I, I didn't want to experience that. I didn't do Zoom gigs and I decided that I was... Don't get me started oh, on Zoom I'm, gigs. I want to get you started. Uh, I'm laying the... <laughs> I, what I'm doing first is Zooming saying, in. here's what I did not do. <laughs> I did not do Zoom gigs. I did two and, and a half. lot of people did... <laughs> I did two a, and a half. A lot of Zoom gigs. <laughs> and the half uh, Dave O'Neill is still doing <laughs> Zoom gigs. Things did not go well for me. <laughs> Dave O'Neill... I've said this before, and I mean this with so much love because I absolutely adore fucking Dave O'Neill, and did. his podcast is also fucking excellent. It we, makes me laugh a lot. Both I think love it's Dave O'Neill. He's a good such guy. a good, yeah, and like wonderful comedian. Um, but I love because he's just made a whole act out of it. Right, like he has this like whole like bit that he does like he has a sheet up at his house right. he emerges from it it falls down there's all this like stockpiled toilet paper. Good. Do you know what I mean? Like it's that like he's got funny. a whole. He's themed it. Yeah, he's made it into See, a I was thing. winging it. And he, <laughs> he to me is... You finished it, it. Yeah, I finished it. I know. I went to actually have some more. Uh, he, for me, is Iota in Mad Max Fury Road. You know that scene where Iota's playing guitar yes. on the front of the war yeah. machines? Oh, I'm going to get through this. That's Dave O'Neill. <laughs> he's found a way to monetize... And, and you know he's he's not the only one either. Like no. I saw some really innovative. No, some people have been stuff doing great come stuff. Come out of some amazing comedians. Like and I Ryan not, Coffee was yeah. doing some unbelievable. I love stuff. him. You like, know how I feel about Coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it take it took me a while <laughs> to get to know him. I just I like to watch one of his early in the morning just to get the heart started. <laughs> I could probably have like five or six Ryan Coffees a day. <laughs> exactly. Now that I've got up my tolerance. <laughs> But he had he had a really clever setup, you know. He had backgrounds, yeah. and he was he'd pretend. That he, and I think it was on Sunrise. He got some stuff on Sunrise, and you know, all of those things inspired me to keep doing something. Like when I was in lockdown, I don't know if you saw this, but I did a gig on the street to a bunch of wheelie bins. Really? Yeah. And how did that go? 
mate, it was just a really silly idea yeah. that, that Buck Buckingham, who's a sound guy for Fidelity at the city. Say that again. Buck Buckingham. One more time. Buck, Buck Buckingham. <laughs> I was going to save you later there at some stage. <laughs> Buck Buckingham. Buck. Why is that racist? Where's Buck I, from? Buck Buck Buckingham. Oh, oh like that. You know, you bit. actually, that did sound a bit racist. <laughs> right. You're right, yeah, actually. Yeah, I just apologise. You're cancelled. <laughs> oh. <laughs> There's been a real cancel culture. I was talking, really thought we were doing like a chicken bit. And then I was like, how did this chicken bit become racist? I'm like, Buckingham. And Lindsay's like, that's a bit racist. And I'm like, what? Have I missed something? Just his name. And then I heard what you said. And then I was like, no, no, Lindsay, you're right. He had had this character years ago that was a wheelie bin called Otto. And he put just googly eyed sort Uh of, you know, paper googly eyes on the top. Uh Uh-huh. During lockdown, he went, "Hey, do you want to do a fun thing and set up the full sound rig like you would in an, you know, in a pub or club that sit down comedy clubs doing satellite gigs in on the on the median strip?" And we got all the wheelie bins because it was bin night and put googly eyes on all of them. And I did a gig to the wheelie bins, and I just pretended that they were interacting and crowd work. Did you yeah, crowd work? I did. That's all I did. How did you? Hang, so hang on. <laughs> You've done a gig to a whole bunch of wheelie bins. Yeah. And you did crowd work. Yeah. So how did your crowd work go? Give me an example. Is if I'm imagine me to be a wheelie bin and I am here so in front of you. Here's a good example. There was a big wheelie bin mm. and you know those little wheelie bins you can get and just put in your bedroom oh, yeah. or something for mm. socks. Yeah. They're in front and I said, you sure you wanted to bring the little bin tonight? <laughs> oh yeah, that's all right. Heard this sort of stuff before. <laughs> You're trying to rubbish me. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, right. And I would... Talking trash. Uh, yep. And yeah, then I'd go, oh, sorry, that's a recycled joke. Uh, yeah, all, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, no, And just okay. pretend that they interacted. Yeah. And fire off the back of it, right? So just... Be but the, could people watch this? Well, I put it online. It went fucking bananas, Will. It went it went silly. Our, our good mate Pete Hellier picked it up and put it on the project for me. Is like, that right? Yeah. So hang on, you were on the project during lock like during lockdown. I got doing more, a gig to wheelie bit. I got more publicity How did when I we miss weren't this? working <laughs> than when I used to work. <laughs> I'm not kidding, you know me, and that doesn't worry me. But I got more publicity whilst we weren't doing stand up wow. than when I did for 22 years before. I can't believe that I missed this I'm, I'm whole glad, thing. I'm glad you did because now it's a surprise, and yeah. you, get, you get to see it. it. It's it was really good fun. And it just gave me some pretty funny things happened, actually. Okay. Someone came and heckled. Hang on. Another bin? No. A, An a actual human, person? A human. It's came like, across come the on, road mate. This is not a gig for you. It starts with. This is for the bins. Hey, shut the fuck up. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that's a normal heckle. Good, good heckle. Yeah. <laughs> we shut them down. But when we packed up and we were you know, yeah. taking the googly eyes off the wheelie bins and packing down the sound equipment, this lady came across the road and went, Oh, hi, guys. And, and the Buck. Buckingham. Buck Buckingham. Why? <laughs> <laughs> he said to her, this lady came across and said, oh, excuse me. And he went, okay, okay, we're going to stop because he thought it was the heckler. Oh, yeah, right, earlier, okay, yeah. Right? He thought this little old lady was the person who <laughs> said, shut the fuck up. Coming back again. <laughs> and this girl goes, oh, is Lindsay Webb really here? And he went, what? She went, I was just in my house and I thought I heard someone say Lindsay Webb's name because he introduced me to stage like you would at a normal club with right. a full sound system. Yeah. She said, I put clothes on and came out to see if he was really here. And I went, I'm here. I'm taking googly eyes off a wheelie. Right. <laughs> I mean, I've just done a gig to a whole bunch of bins. <laughs> She's like, what it's set nuclear over. What are you doing? I went, Oh, we're just well, filming something stupid. Yeah, I, like, well, I can run you through it, but uh, anyway, we put eyes on a whole bunch of wheelie bins. It doesn't explain well. <laughs> Have you heard of COVID-19? Stay back. 
Okay, so, um, all right. So first gig back on stage, everybody was still a bit spread out. Oh, absolutely. And and I'd done some different things before that. I Mm. did some backyard gigs. Oh, so So who's backyard? Anyone that booked the gig. Oh, so you would go to their backyard. So minimum of 20 people. Bring your own backyard. You could have 20 people in the backyard. You weren't allowed to dance at weddings or at a funeral if you didn't like the person. Mm. It's weird that you you would dance at a funeral in general, to be honest. Sometimes. On their grave, I suppose. Sometimes. (laughs) Go to his funeral and get a dance on his grave. (laughs) Well, there's no dancing on graves at the moment. (laughs) Five of you can dance on his grave. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, I did this backyard gig. So there's uh, yeah. Chris Franklin set up a, a company called Backyard Belly Laughs. Okay. So 20 people would pay 20 bucks a head to sit in the backyard and you'd come out. M- myself and Dan Willis did them, set up the sound gear, talking to the mic. If you'd have asked me, would you like to go and do a gig in a backyard for 20 people before COVID? I'd have said politely, fuck no. I might have even given you $100 to make that go away. Uh-huh. <laughs> Well, but then since, I've got a proposition for you. But, but, <laughs> but since we didn't have any live yeah. shows happening. Other things. Oh, fuck, I was stoked. And and how were they? Those people were so grateful that we'd taken the time. And did you do crowd work or did you do I like, did COVID. Material? I ran in my COVID, COVID jokes stuff. ready for coming out into the clubs for the back end of COVID. And what about Dan? What did Dan talk about? Same stuff that yeah. Dan always talks about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about, Willis? <laughs> That's what we always say to him, backstage. <laughs> backstage. That's what we always say. Um, Dan had a you know a bunch of good COVID stuff, and then a good. Uh, he kind of more MC'd the show. Okay, to be so fair. yeah, he's the because he's kind of the host, a host, and then yeah. you yeah yeah okay. And we're now touring the Men Like Us shows, which off the back of the Women, women like, like Us. Yeah, finally, men getting an so, opportunity to muscle no, in on something that finally, women have finally matriarchy being in control of a product and farming out men to make money for them. I mean, that is actually the correct way to look at it. <laughs> so you're right. <laughs> Answered like a man who'd prepared an answer to that question. I, I actually and, haven't thought about that before, but it seemed right. Yeah, well, you've you never had an idiot like me challenge you on something that you shouldn't have been challenged on. Uh, no, I did see that you guys were doing that because I saw posters up because you must have done one in Lismore or uh, somewhere down uh, my Ma- pa- part of the world, Mullumbimby. Oh, I've got a funny story for you. Okay, tell me. I heard about a day that you went into Mullumbimby and you saw a person cutting their toenails in the street. Who did you hear this from? Right. The person cutting their toenails? <laughs> no, no. From the person that you spoke to inside the pool shop after you'd seen the oh, person, person cutting, cutting their, toenails. their toenails in the street. I mean, it is. I have realised very quickly how small the community is, <laughs> that everybody knows your business. Right. So prepare for yep. your mind to be slightly blown. Okay. That person you were talking to is Ellen Briggs, who is the second part of Women Like Us. Oh. She was so excited See. that you'd talked to her in the shop about the person cutting their nails and you had a really oh. nice moment and she rang me and went, just had a really wonderful thing happen in the shop. Okay, was, there you it go. It was your mate. And I'm like, oh, what? Oh, uh, yeah, right. She found it absolutely wonderful and didn't even think to go, I don't want to tell him who I am. I just want to listen to the story because I have just lived through exactly the same thing that this story is about. I mean, look, here's the thing. You should be grateful 
there that someone in Mullumbibi cares enough about their toenails that they want to cut them. However. I'm not here to body shame. <laughs> if you think the main street is the appropriate place to cut your toenails, is then who am I to judge? Well, you're everybody to judge. I think everybody can judge that. Who am I but a local ratepayer <laughs> to judge? <laughs> Who am I? Who am I? But a local gentrified ratepayer who's moved into the area. You're a non-ratepaying person. (laughs) I mean, should they even be on the streets? Are we asking the right questions? This is a slippery slope to John Laws. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm I'm very fine with local culture. It's their their place. I'm not going to impose. You had a problem with what? Not going to impose my beliefs on a society. You don't have to wear shoes to the shops. That's fine. Yeah. It's Mullen Bimby. You don't have to wear a shirt. You don't have to vaccinate. <laughs> I remember the, fine, the first time I ever did a gig in Byron Bay, I, I said, oh, there's a lot of shops for rent here. I don't know what sort of shops you'd start here, but I'll give you some tips. I wouldn't make it a bra and undies shop. <laughs> Here's what I'll tell you that you will absolutely appreciate is so I've done I'm about to go into I think we might put on one more of these shows but I've been doing what you're talking about Will at the Brunswick Picture House oh, and so I've been doing a, a monthly show there but of course it's a crowd work show right and I, I went, has it, has I, the crowd work come along, champ? Well, it's. I mean, the shows are going really well. <laughs> I don't know there's many people that can ask the, you that. The shows... With that, I mean... With that the inflection. Sh- the shows are going pretty well. But Good. the thing that I will say is I went and did it in Canberra and thank fuck for some normal jobs. Right. <laughs> because oh, when you right. do it in Brunswick oh, Heads... Yeah. Everybody yeah. is either a fucking hero yeah. or a hippie. Like, yeah. there's only two sorts I'm of jobs. I'm a feather shaper. Yep. What? <laughs> For charity. <laughs> to support indigenous cultures. All right, well, great. Call there's me, no. Support artists. Yeah. What? Okay. And even if there's a moment, I got one one night where, like, I was just person after person was like some sort of fucking hero, oh, which is fine for a little bit of crowd no work, capes, but I'll as you know. No capes. Well, I mean, probably they would have been fucking recycled capes made by the indigenous cape culture and only worn by people who was culturally appropriate to wear the capes. And in fact, we're selling crepes outside the venue in our crepes for capes and after scheme that, we're that we're doing at the moment. Cape. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Getting right into it. You can come down to my store, Planet of the Capes. <laughs> It's not culturally inappropriate because that was a planet entirely of apes and we support that. Please. We're actually raising money to fund the apes so they can have their own planet. Please please line up. We have a COVID capacity. So, yes, well, they technically do in Brunswick Heads, but no one's really paying much attention to it. They got air conditioning yet? Oh, I think they had one for a while as a bit of a tease and then they moved it out again. What? Yeah. I got heckled on the street the other night. Did you? Yeah. The in du- Brunswick Heads? Well, as in I was on stage and they'd, opened, they'd opened up the, the back, back doors, doors to let the breeze through. Past the lolly shop. And a passerby literally just like walked by. And because it was perfect timing. Just on the footpath out the On the, front. the footpath out the front. Really? He's yelled in. And there was just that one moment of silence, which is also rare in one of those shows for me. Right. And... It bowls straight down the middle of the venue as if like carried by the wind to the stage where everybody, including myself, just hears this guy going, I wouldn't pay money for this shit. And, and then he just keeps going, you know, like he's it's a drive-by heckle from the fucking street. And in my head, firstly, I'm like, well, 
No, because it's a sold out show. You didn't pay money and for this the shit. First thing that you're I'm out on like, the street, fucking heckling me for dis- a start. Disgruntled buyer. But secondly, <laughs> he's already gone. Right. I, I was still talking about him where he was like safely passed out in a fucking park, and I was still doing material about him. Are you saying that you got more value out of him as a passerby than you would have out of a ticket buyer? Uh, as much <laughs> There were certainly Some other audience members Who weren't pulling their In fact I was complaining That too many of the audiences Are heroes what? And right. then I had to Import a dickhead It was like calling Uber Uber heckles I Uber just, heckles It's just like just get drive by Mate heckle, you don't have to come in just leave, leave it on the street Just literally walk past Whatever derogatory and About halfway through Just yell some slur <laughs> Wait for a moment of silence. Wait. Yell a slur down the corridor. The doors will be open. They don't have aircon. I can't emphasize hitting the lull more. Yep. Like as soon as there's a lull, mm-hmm. just hit it. Hit it. So it was nice wow. to go to a place where people um, mm. have normal jobs, I will say. Oh, I bet. You know, and give you something else you to know, play with. Were you at the Canberra Theatre? Canberra Theatre, yes. I've been lucky enough to play that venue with you it's before. It's a beautiful theatre. And I, I told you this story when we went there, but I – um. I went to school in Canberra, obviously, and I toured that theatre as a school excursion and got into trouble for talking. And I remember telling that story on stage when I did the support for you there going, now, look, I'm supposed to be talking. (laughs) It was a really nice comeuppance to the whole experience that I'd had on that tour of that theatre as a young child in school to all of a sudden be on stage and be the only one that's supposed to be talking. I mean, there is something about being a person who talks for a living that often, I think, is just inspired by somebody telling you to shut up. <laughs> like, right? Like, they are probably the most important person in your career. Yeah. If I ever win, like, some big, big important award for some shit, I really <laughs> should just go, I'd like to give uh, a shout-out to Esther Cribbies, <laughs> who said I wasn't funny up. and I was shut never going to be funny and was constantly telling me to shut up. Without her... <laughs> I'd Constantly in the back of my mind, know telling me that I am terrible. Sure, she will. Sure. She will. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? I mean, made my parents proud years ago. <laughs> so I'm new about Esther these days. <laughs> you mean, she's the next level of appreciation from parents. Just, like, I'm a parent to happy. Right, go on, go Esther. <laughs> <laughs> just, I appear at a fucking funeral. <laughs> just like she completed me. I'm just a boy. Dancing. <laughs> yeah, just like just me and five of my mates dancing on Happily. a grave. Like, no, Happily. And a joy. Like, just, woo, yeah. Esther. There's a celebration of life. <laughs> just, it's the Esther we forget. Yeah. <laughs> Esther Day. <laughs> oh, my problems. <laughs> so far away. Oh, fucking hell. Oh, is Esther still alive? We should meet her. She is still alive, is I she? believe. Yeah. Esther tried to. I've told this story before, but um, right. Esther was the one who tried to sue me when, um, well, what? threatened to sue what? me. <laughs> should we be? Should we be talking about it? Ah, uh, it's it's fine. Like it's, okay. well, it's fine. It's fine. Maybe this is the Esther we forget. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, it's a true story, and and, and right. um, but. She remembers it a different way, but I am very confident that my version of this oh. story is a true story. Well, you would have been younger and a sharper mind. But also, I don't think it's... Someone about, named Esther. My, right. <laughs> my mother, who is you know a pretty reliable witness when it comes to these sort of things, remembers how upset I was on the day that this happened and the, and the story. Yeah, that's good. So for Esther... I can understand that she might not remember because she was in a role where I'm sure that she was shitting on all oh, sorts of people's dreams yes. all day long. Yeah. And so she might not remember the specific one time she and, shat on my dream. She might 
like just I, blur into I bet you the rest of her day of shitting on everyone's dreams. You've been a student for yeah, correct. So your number of memories are limited. Yeah, hers are exponential to however. Many it was a big moment to me. Exactly, it was my a point. nothing it's moment. Exactly to my her, point, right? Exactly, and we all get that. Yeah, we and that doesn't make either one of you right or wrong. And but it's indelible in your mind. I imagine there's been times in my life where I was having an interaction with somebody yeah. that I thought was perfectly normal or fine, but to them they saw it through a different prism and like right? remember it differently. This so this is one of the things I really appreciate about being married. Like when I was single, have I got to go? Is that? That's, That's your ride. <laughs> it's my Uber. <laughs> uh, when I was single, I could be in a social situation and make a faux pas or upset people and walk away not knowing. Now that I'm married, as soon as I get in the car, and I love being married, but as soon as I get in the car, I find out exactly where I went wrong. Mm, That's good. Genuinely, I'm not mm. kidding here. She's That's like, here making are, me. She's like, here are my notes. But it actually makes me a better person. <laughs> yeah, right. And I know that sounds like that doesn't sound yeah. good, but it's delivered in a kind and friendly way. Oh, yeah. Because like leading how, teams, how do we in have the that AFL? Right? She sits you down. Right? Yeah, she says, "Here are three things you did right, wrong tonight." <laughs> she does a bunch of squirrely stuff. She, with she's taking a series of photos and secret I mean, footage. She's a school teacher. She gets the microphone <laughs> off you that she's clipped to you earlier in the night. <laughs> Dust you for fingerprints <laughs> and then just. But I genuinely mean it does actually make you a right. better person when you entrust someone into your life to keep an eye on what you're doing. Well, and it, I also really think does. that it's a great thing to constantly want to be a better person. Right. And so even I am re-examining my relationship to this story as I get older because I now do realise those things. Right. I'm not this aggrieved kid who felt this burning resentment well, for this thing. We've turned into adults, Will. Yeah. <laughs> and I can even see it through her eyes now because yeah. I was a precocious little kid. Like, right. you know, I was being a precocious little shit. Yeah. So I used to do this thing where <clears throat> previously at our I high school. I don't think you or I were very much fun to be around when we were in our mid-teens. No, I, I'm reflecting more <laughs> on that now and right? realising that I, the few I, teachers I who did not I, want to punch me in the face were I like understand angels. exactly yeah. what you're saying. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm not sure I'd want to hang out with a 15-year-old like me. No. So. No, I get that. I get I in totally retrospect get this might have been totally yeah. valid through her and eyes. And for whatever reasons, I just I think we were very similar at that age. I was at boarding school. You were, you know, in, in Victoria. I think we were very similar. We've talked about this off, off microphone. I think we were very similar through that period of life. And what it teaches you is a bit to just be a bit nicer to yourself when you get older. Like, I've just started being nicer to myself. Like, stop you know, ganging up on yourself for not being somewhere or being better or just acknowledge that you are getting there. It's a really nice thing that I've, through that whole COVID, when I had a bit of a dip in my own mental perspective of what was going on, I went, hang on a minute, why do I do this to myself? Like, things are actually all right. Like, I've got a a beautiful wife and and two lovely kids and and a house and I've been renovating and sure, I don't have any work on at the moment, but is that the end of my world? Like, I felt like comedy being taken away from me was like losing a child. Like, I really struggled with not being able to get up on stage. I said don't ask me about the Zoom, but I'll tell you because you're begging me for the story. I, they asked me to do those Zoom corporate gigs. So you've got 80 people on the screen, but all their mics are turned off. So it's just blank faces. There's no noise of their reaction to the show or to what you're saying. I found it really hard. I did two of them and they were paid all right. Like, you know, I'll be honest, they paid 500 bucks for a, you know, 15-minute Zoom chat to 80 people. I thought, it's helpful. It's good. I, I wasn't getting a lot of income. By the third one, I went, oh, 
this this is just not for me. This is not why I got into... I, Did you consider, were, were there any where you could have done interaction? Because I've seen some people do like versions of like kind of crowd work shows where great. they actually interact with the people That'd who are on great. the call. And I can imagine you'd be quite good at that. Oh, that, that would be fun. Mm. And I've been doing I've been doing radio spots while I've been on this tour. I've been I was lucky enough to contribute to the Triple M Breakfast Show in Brisbane every oh, yeah. Monday. So what were you doing for them? So I just go into the studio every Monday and do a couple mm. of breaks with them. Anything some, in particular? What did no, you have just, like an angle or was like just no, they did just, they get you to bring something in? They or said what? do whatever you want. Come in each day. So what do you what normally what is. do you have like different topics or do you have an angle on what you're doing? No, I certainly wasn't like the movie guy or the weather bloke or I, I, I basically was just yeah. What's your content? Personal, personal, personal stuff. Yeah, so stuff I was dealing with from being away from the family, mm. stuff with COVID and lockdown. Then we actually got put in lockdown in Perth, so that was an easy one to do. So how was lockdown phone. in Perth? Same as being in Perth. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fair. Perth is fucking. I'm joking. There's, there's, there's a, a joke there. I'm not going to. No, you've got to take the joke. I'm fine with that. Perth but is lovely. Perth and is. Perth was thriving. Yeah, I was going to say Western Australia. They, they're ahead of the ball. Yeah, like, they've been like having a pretty good old time. They've wanted to secede from Australia no, for a long time, for a very like, long if time. At the end of COVID, we'd have tried to fly there and went. Fuck, it's gone. Western Australia's gone. I mean, Where are they? Are oh, they in Indonesia? They chipped off the edge. Labor premier off. in Western Australia can have the like amount of popularity oh, that Mark McGowan has McGowan. over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's basically just because he has got something that universally Western Australians love, which yeah. is don't let anyone. Don't <laughs> and even not even Clive Parmigiana could ruin it for him. Like, I mean, that's he was tried major. Yeah, like I was like, nah, this is where it's all going to go to shit. But like, Perth just recently got announced as the world's best economy, oh, and like they're thriving. Will thriving like, there. When I was there, and it wasn't the lockdown. Yeah, the streets were just jammed. Circa Darling Harbour, nineteen ninety nine. Like just jammed with people. Like just chock a block. I'm looking around going, really? Yeah. Is this what's been going on over here? It is. <laughs> is this what's been happening? <laughs> They've been having a secret fucking party over Man, in Perth. have they ever? They shut the border. They let the personalities take over. I had personalities. They elected Basil Zemplis as fucking... How can you be the mayor there? and do a breakfast radio show? Can you know I ask how? that question? Perth. Right. <laughs> You well, couldn't in Sydney or Melbourne, I don't how can think. You but do that, and he's also on the telly. He does the weather or yeah, something on Channel Seven? It's Perth, and he's Basil from Perth. Basil got picked early. That's, yeah, that's Basil's a, anointed. Basil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like even that. Perth is are, like a cafe in the eighties. There's Basil right? in fucking everything. Yeah, heaps of melting moments, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the coffee's a bit too milky, yeah. and it's eight dollars. <laughs> eight dollars still in Perth. <laughs> Man, things are expensive in Perth. Like a yeah. pint of beer is twelve bucks. Yeah, Perth. but everyone's got heaps of money. So not the people that fly into Perth. <laughs> they don't have heaps of money no. when they've been doing no. comedy for twelve months. Well, we tried Earth. to stop you from coming here, mate. So <laughs> we made it difficult. Your fault. We did make it. We difficult. made it as difficult as we possibly could without building a giant fucking wall, mate. So. <laughs> We put up a Lindsay-proof fence, that, oh, and you still got nice, in. Nice. Yeah, went under. Tunnels. Uh, okay, so so did you end up gigging in Perth? Because I know that you... Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, you went over to do Perth Fringe, right? Yeah, or do right. gigs so, around the Perth Fringe? So I tried to get into Perth, couldn't get in, got bounced back to South Australia. 
and had to spend 12 days here as a 14-day quarantine total out of Queensland. Oh, okay. So the, the problem was the Queensland to Western Queensland, Australia quarantine. Yeah, that quarantine. Uh, English version hit Brisbane City. I yep. got out via Coolangatta into here, mm-hmm. into Adelaide. Tried to get into Perth. They changed the rules just as we went in. Yep. Had to come back here, but just stayed here 12 days. I put some shows on. Did a Saturday night show at the Rhino and did a Sunday afternoon show at the Belgium and did about eight spots around town and just limbered up, ready for when we could launch into the festival. And then arrived, I think it was the like the second Saturday. So we missed this, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday through the next first week up until Saturday. Flew in on the Saturday and started, just launched in. We had nine days until... COVID locked it all down for five days, at, at which time there was also a fire like 40 kilometres away, 9,000 hectares, burning directly towards the city. Covered the whole city in ash and smoke. It was it was toxic. And there's a tropical cyclone tracking down, tropical cyclone Kimmy, which is tracking down the coast. I'm like, are you really serious? Like, is this... <laughs> is this what 20, people said 2021 was yeah. going to get just us get out back out there things will be better <laughs> it'll be fine this, I mean this on paper does not stack up mate well. 2021's nearly over I don't know what's going on with time I'm ready this year, for it but it's I'm like 2021 is literally like we're, we're towards the end does, of March does seem to be it's flying by whoever organises the years has fast tracked this don't year. know what's going on just fast tracked it like just fucking get them through that one like the last two years have been like a Nirvana song last year took forever and then now we just feel like thrashing it right it's quite it's quite it's quite interesting you know so anyway we got through the end of the perth fringe but all the big venues were shut Mm. because they couldn't afford to open for low numbers and capacity it was it was down to that one in four rule you know that well that was uh so when i went to canberra the the other weekend what uh, was that outdoor gig that you did there what was that oh that was in sydney so yeah did an outdoor gig in sydney in this in one of the squares in the city that That was put on by the city of sydney super duper thing yeah i don't like outdoor comedy Uh, and they were a long way away and it was one of those things where it was probably the best it possibly could have been like as in the, the job they did with Got away with it. If you take away (laughs) all the environmental aspects of it that weren't fun, the actual rest of it was really, really great. Because there's been outdoor gigs here, and I've not seen them, Will. I haven't been. I don't like to do outdoor gigs. Oh. I like a roof. I'm a real bricks and bricks and mortar like kind of. To, I like to hear the laughs. That's Ooh. why I didn't want to do any of those, you know, shows where you know people went to drive-ins yeah. or people did oh, the, like. I want the online thing was horrible. I want an echo chamber of response. An echo <laughs> right? chamber. Like, oh, bricks and mortar. Like you get to hear everything. Like it's right in your, it's right I, in your face. You know what I? I just need something for my rhythm, <laughs> and I think That's, the audience is very good at providing me. You know, I always say that it's surfing, right? You know, that like yeah. you're so affected by it yeah. because it's surfing. But I, I really, you know, more than ever think that that is true, that the audience just helps totally set right. a rhythm for it. You're totally right. I talked in my solo show this year about doing those Zoom gigs online. I said the really horrific part was you can't mm. gauge how your show's going from the reaction of the crowd. Like if you can hear the crowd laugh or groan or clap or, you know, overreact or spit water out, you know how to gauge where's the next bit going. When that's taken away, you're like, oh, is this is this any good? I don't know why we but doubt also ourselves the, so heavily when well, we know it is. But it yeah, heard people laugh at it. Before. But also, here's what I would say that perhaps is like different is that often you can be getting a laugh out of an acknowledgement 
of how everyone's reacted to something. Oh, true. Right? Yeah. So if they, all, if you drop a punchline and they all gasp or like, you know, mm. or go, oh, bang, and they get hit by it, yeah. and then you oh, ride. Like that, did you? Yeah, or yeah, or you like just, <laughs> but it can be as simple as moving your body or like oh, yeah. raising your eyebrow or yeah. like just pausing and nodding your head or whatever. Any of those things where that to me, even the way you it's go into you the that. next bit, yeah. like might be one way written on paper, it might not be angry going into it. Yeah, but if totally. you've got to that point with the crowd yeah. where you need to be a bit angry or you need to be quicker or slower or whatever, that gets all taken away. So it's not as simple oh, totally. as just going, no, no, these jokes work without I, the context. I actually get that a lot. Uh, someone said to me during this festival, they said, oh, we've watched you and you've worked out ways to instruct the audience when to laugh with your hand movements. <laughs> and I went, yeah, what? Yeah, what, do you, what do you mean? Yeah. And it's not that, it's not that, you know, ta-da, but I'm doing small. I would small, like if it was, though. Small, yeah. If you just started doing <laughs> glitter. Lindsay's come back <laughs> just after every joke. One pun, glitter, <laughs> out of the pocket, glitter. <laughs> just like, just like, is this what he's doing now? Two puns. After streamers. every pun, glitter. <laughs> a two pun bunger, streamers out the back. Fireworks, he's on a Mate, roll. You just say, <laughs> that'd be great. Just the same act, otherwise, completely the same act, but just <laughs> every pun, glitter. <laughs> like, is this it? Yep. Yeah. This is my new bit. This is what he's doing now. This is what I've always dreamed of, to be honest. <laughs> but COVID gave me permission. Is it safe to flick this around? Just <laughs> <laughs> is that COVID safe? Um, all right. I should check. Um, oh, yes. We've been recording for just, saying, just make sure that probably, it's still recording. Oh, that's exactly an hour. Exactly an hour. Look yeah. at that. How good are my instincts? Right. See, that's what I'm... You, you I'm, don't stink. No. Right? <laughs> so, you're... Uh, no glitter. <laughs> No glitter. No glitter. No glitter, no glitter for you. <laughs> no glitter, Artie. <laughs> no, thank you. It was not, not Artie. It was, it was not. It was no glitter, Artie. No. Thank you. Uh, thank you for doing this. It's been a lot of fun. This is your final day of your tour, though, right? This is it. I've got uh, four shows tonight, finishing off with hosting okay. the Rhino Okay, Lake so run, run me through then the rest of your day. Hi. So run me through just today. Okay. Tell me what's happened today uh, in I your did world. My, I did my on your solo final day show. of your tour. Did my solo show. I put on an extra solo show today at uh-huh. one o'clock, just as a whim. My ticket sales have been quite good this year. I thought maybe some people that didn't quite get to see it at the times that it was on would like a different option for time and put on a one pm show today. I ended up with like twenty odd people oh, in the okay. room. It was really good. decent. I, right, I only right. put it on a few days ago, yeah. so it was just a bit of a risk. And right. it was a bit of a way of saying I've really enjoyed this show. Yeah. If there is anyone that hasn't got to see it. Come and see it. Love you to see it. Right. And they were a lovely crowd, like really nice, you know, Saturday Arvo crowd. Okay. I'll probably do that again in the future. Okay, great. So that was gig um, one. Gig one. Gig two is uh, I did the pub crawl spot. So the pub crawls that Alan Anderson for Ha Ha Comedy out of Scotland runs. I did a spot at the Belgian Beer Cafe for the start of their pub crawl. They go to four different venues, different comic at each venue. So I did the first spot there. Then came here to record a podcast. Mm-hmm. Then at 6.15, the early show at the Belgian Beer Cafe starts where I headline that show each day. Then I have a pub crawl spot for Alan Anderson's nighttime pub crawl at 8 o'clock at Fumo Blue. Then I'm doing Best of Edinburgh at the Griffins Hotel at okay, 8.30 now, doing a spot. Interesting that you would say that you would be in the Best of Edinburgh. Oh, I suppose it's the Best of Edinburgh Fest and you've been to the Edinburgh Fest. I have. So yeah. technically you qualify. That's how I'm It al- normally implies that, the, that you would have an accent of some kind. It's, it's about Are you doing an accent? No. <laughs> None. <laughs> no. Zero. 
and then after that, I've got one more pub crawl spot mm. at the Legends Bar downstairs yeah. on Pulteney Street, and then I finish off with my favourite finishing off gig for the year every time I do Adelaide, and it's host the Rhino Room Late Show on a Saturday night. And I will be breaking my rule of like the last few nights where I've gone home immediately after the show to rest because even hearing how many gigs you're doing today has made me too tired to do my show tonight. Uh, I'm going to do my show and then I will uh, pop down to the Rhino Perfect. Late Room. We, we do like With This will have all happened. We, we well, do like way, that Rhino Late Show. How good was it? I great? used to. Were we great? Well, I it's used fantastic. to always. There was a tradition for many, many years, but it was the old Rhino tradition, sure. and I've left the tradition at the old oh, Rhino room, which yeah. was that I yeah. would always do the last spot on the last show on the last Saturday night of the festival. But I felt like you know it was time for me to shelve that, shelve that Saturday idea. Correct. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but I might pop. I, well, I will pop down. It doesn't matter now because it's already happened. It was great, <laughs> or not happened, <laughs> or didn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lindsay Webb, what can we plug? Um, uh, for I've you? got a new podcast, Will. It's yes. called Live at the Potosseum. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I've been I'm, look. I've been seeing you uh, plug this, but I haven't actually yeah. got my head around what it is. So, it's what is really, Live at the Potosseum? It's a really fun one. Uh, the best way to explain it to you is think yeah. Q and A, but the audience that I get in are the panel of experts. Oh, so I'm finding out what do everyday people on the street think of certain topics and certain ideas. Okay, and it's a it's a really fun one. I mean, in conjunction with Podshape, and we've got a thing happening later on with Patreon for the video footage, and it's a really exciting one. It's a really okay. It's that pretty sounds cool. like a cool idea. Yeah, it's um, uh, I was inspired by Tony Jones. You know that I did warm up for Q and A, uh, the comedic warm up for many many years, and Tony said, "You're really good at talking to our crowds, and you seem to get a lot out of them." And from that, I went, oh, maybe I could do a thing where I just try and get a bit of community psyche out of people and be completely, you know, bipartisan. I have no opinion on the topics, just get you to talk about them, which is tough when someone says, oh, I'm a huge Trump supporter. And you go, that's okay. (laughs) <laughs> it's hard to tell someone that that's okay. No, it's good to, well, but, I mean, it's not okay, but it's good of, that you say that. You, you're right, right? You, you know exactly where I'm coming from. It's definitely not okay. It's not okay. But, you but, know, but it's a thing okay. that happens. And so it's yeah. good that you acknowledge right? that and yeah, give them a safe space to say stupid shit. And I think the next thing I said, why is that? Yeah. You know, and try and yeah. get them to express what's going on. So it's called Live at the Potosseum. I have a lot of fun with it. Well, fun. that does sound like a cool idea, man. People should definitely check that out. Um, I am doing uh, Will Eagle at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, so please come along and see that. I, oh, You'll appreciate this, Lynn. So yes. I've been running it as an 85-minute show. I do know this show. The road. <laughs> yes. And, but for Adelaide for these shows and then for Melbourne, it has to be 70 minutes. Ooh. And Which I was pretty chop out? Well, nothing. Is the answer. Just hurry up. Oh, yeah, it's firstly, just fucking hurry up. That's part of it. You turn just, the met- hey, turn the metronome up a bit, will you? Yeah. Part of it is about just getting on with it. Right. Like, there is bits in it that I was telling in quite a relaxed way, but oh, that yeah, don't... Yeah. Yeah, good. I've cut some stuff out. I've cut some of the guff out. I've just... But substantially... A bit of condensed Wilk. I, here's what I will say about comedy. That... Often, if you're looking at something and going, I want to improve this, but I can't work out what I can add into it to improve it, the thing you should be doing is taking something out of it. (laughs) And almost all the time, just by taking out stuff, it gets better. And I do think that this show has got better from that, so please come and see it at Melbourne. I've just done my solo show at Perth and here. 
and only today cut out a bit that just didn't seem to be working. It's the last show today. Right. Cut it out and went, oh, oh that tastes better. Yeah, that tastes... Why have I been... <laughs> oh, well. Lesson learned. What have I learned? Nothing in a good oh, time. I had one last night, <laughs> like, in my show where I improvised a line to finish a bit and that line has been staring at me in the face since 2018. Really? And I actually I told the audience because it got such a huge laugh. And I was like, I'm so pleased that I found that. But I'm also so fucking angry at myself that for like three fucking years, I could have been saying that really been, fucking obvious thing. sitting in a shelf. Yeah, just just waiting there. for me to move something oh, in front of it. Oh. I'm right here. Oh. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. Good to Lance. see you, my friend.